Hey everybody, Mike just piping in for a moment here to say this episode went long enough that we decided to chop it into two parts. So part one of Cherry Picking Includes the Pits will be this week, part two will be next week, and that way you don't have to listen to an hour and a half episode, and you can split that into two pieces. Thanks for the patience. And we're starting this nonsense again. Hello, everybody. The title of this episode, Cherry Picking Includes the Pits. And the, I guess, somewhat rhetorical question comes back. What the hell do you mean by that title again? Well, hopefully it's obvious. Uh, but here's the art understanding of it. So both sides in LDS church criticism, whatever, uh, both sides of, of, the, of those arguments, people are tempted to cherry pick their examples. Uh, that's actually one of the biggest accusations by defenders of the church, apologists. Um, uh, it's one of the biggest accusations actually against them by critics of the church. Hey guys, you're defending the church you're pulling one verse out of this whole chapter or you're pulling one event out of history and saying, see, the church is good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they cherry pick, which is uh, obviously a logical fallacy. Um, well, because of that, guys, look, if you're going to cherry pick, you're also going to come up with some pits. Uh, and there are a lot of them in the history of the church. And why are we going back to the history again? Well, the answer of whether a, an organization is really what it claims to be often goes back to the foundation of that very organization, especially if you're talking about a, a religion, a belief system. Uh, come on, guys. The, the origin of that, is that real or not, that obviously impacts that same organization today, even if it's a thousand years later, it matters how they yeah. started, right? Yeah. Is their story true? That's what you're really asking. Um, so anyway, that's, that's the bit today. Dave ha has dug up a lot of good material on that and we'll share that and talk through it a little bit. Uh, but you know how it goes, everybody, <laughs> before we jump into the thick of the conversation, here we have the LDS Church in the news. So, this week, the Detroit News op-ed. LDS Church leaders, NAACP leaders, stand on the side of solidarity. <laughs> I said that even without a smile. I practiced a few times. <laughs> uh, first time I said it, I couldn't get through it. Second time, I ended up laughing by the end. Um, <clears throat> obviously, why the, why the laugh? Uh, well, we know, speaking of history, the history of the church and the horrific beliefs that were taught about black people. Um, and, you know, one only need to turn to comments from people like Brigham Young or 
the two or three prophets that followed, especially uh, during that period, to hear the quote unquote will of the God, will of God through his prophet on the earth about the uh, black people or the stance of God, if you will. Uh, and it wasn't too kind. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so yeah. Um, an op-ed published in the Detroit news calls for the standing on the side, excuse me. Yep. For the standing that's a little awkwardly phrased on the side of solidarity ahead of the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints appearance at an NAACP convention on Sunday evening. Uh, Church President Russell M. Nelson is expected to speak on Sunday. That would be today in Detroit's Cabo Center, the same space where Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. spoke 56 years ago, because that's a great comparison. <laughs> Did he say the Cabo Center? Yeah. So is that? I thought that was where they invented the Cabo Wabo. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. It's just anyway. where Reverend Martin Luther King spoke, and and yeah. somebody at Desert News, uh, well, not Desert News, KUTV, same yeah. thing, <laughs> decided to draw a conclusion between uh, Martin Luther King and or a, a comparison. Uh, and Russell M. Nelson, yeah. Uh, following his invitation to join notable civil rights supporters and organizers, yeah, because Russell M. Nelson is a notable civil rights supporter and organizer, right? Um, fucking hell. The, this is just ridiculous. Oh, my God. You know, anyway, uh, yeah. I'm thinking uh, what I'm going to be doing is sharing, you know, some bits and pieces of church history which was compiled by D. Michael Quinn. So he gets all the credit for that. But as I did that, and I looked at the train wreck of shit that was going on, I started to realize the church is coming full circle and the amount of stuff that they're just fucking up and changing their mind. It reminds me of the early days of the church. For, yeah, you know, through the at the middle of its history, it was somewhat consistent. Yeah, there was there's been continuous changes, mm-hmm. of course, but the amount of stuff that they keep changing and and uh, trying to represent themselves in a different light it reminds me of uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's a wrap up statement here at the end of this article. Historically, the NAACP has been critical of the church. Well, gee, I wonder why. (laughs) Uh, Before 1978, the NAACP marched and held protests against the church and filed a lawsuit when it didn't allow members of African descent to be part of its priesthood. In recent years, the church and NAACP have been more collaborative. Uh, in 2018, Elder Jack N. Gerard spoke at the NAACP's convention in San Antonio. So, so here's the way we have to read this, folks. You need to put everything in perspective. Remember that the church, in quotes, is the same as the brethren. And the brethren, what they say, is the same as the will of God. Right. This is a message that is very, very clear. There's no disputing that message. From the very beginning of the church, that has been 
the message. That's one thing that hasn't changed, right? Is that the leaders speak for God, literally, right? So when you when you put that in perspective, let's reread this last bit here, okay? Uh, historically, the NAACP has been critical of God. Before 1978, the NAACP marched and held protests, protests against God and filed a lawsuit when he didn't allow members of African descent to be part of his priesthood. Does that wow. r- ring a little differently? In recent years, God and NAACP have been more collaborative. <laughs> because we all know God changes his mind. He's, you know, a volatile little witty guy. And, uh, you know, for a long period of the church, especially around Brigham's time, he was sitting in the bathroom reading a magazine and missing out on what a lot of his leaders were saying and doing, right? Anyway. Apparently. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's enough on that bit. Uh, over to you, Dave. Uh, tell us about D. Michael Quinn. What I, so for those listeners who aren't aware of, of Dr. Quinn, um, May, I don't know, maybe can you offer a little background and, and uh, where you're pulling this from and, and what else has he put out there? All right. What I have in my hands is uh, his book entitled The Mormon Hierarchy, Origins of Power. And he has a second and then a third volume that move through the church history chronologically. Uh, he's a historian. That is the man's profession. And I found his documentation, uh, the level at which he chronicled things was, uh, excellent. Just, I mean, he's, he's done his homework here. I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so what he's done in this book, origins of power, um, he's got, all kinds of appendixes. This is appendix number seven, which is entitled Selected Chronology of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, 1830 to 1847. Okay. And it's about 30 pages. Mm -hmm. uh, And I went through, and I guess you could call it cherry picking. I I, (laughs) I can't see any reason to read all of this. No. But what I did choose to read are things that I thought um most people would not be aware of uh some of it is almost reads just like the church's history it's just like well this happened on this date mm-hmm. so it's like yonner yeah okay yeah but but i'm looking for not not necessarily just the damning things but things that are like you know it's kind of like the dog when it tweaks its head sideways and goes Mm-hmm. What the what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> the Scooby, as I call it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh. Some of this stuff. So I'm going to rip right into it because this. Uh, um, I don't know if we'll be able to get through everything. So the the church is organized in 1830. Right before it's organized, they release the first copies of the Book of Mormon, March 26th, uh, 1830. The Book of Mormon is first advertised for sale. Now, we're not giving out copies. Since it's the most correct book on earth, you're going to have to pay for it. 
Uh, and by the way, Joseph Smith was known as the author in the first copies of that. By book. Joseph Smith Jr. Yep, that's yeah. that's what it said. Yep. A few days later, Joseph Smith gives Oliver Cowdery the brown seer stone with which Smith discovered the gold plates. Smith had previously used this seer stone in his family's quest for enchanted treasure. Well, hmm. I've already got the stone. I might as well, you know. Hey, just to interject really quickly on the brown stone, Dave, did you hear they did a little, so they can do electron microscope studies on items now by just scraping a tiny, tiny bit, right, off the mm -hmm. object. They don't have to, like, destroy it. Right. And they found that the brown stone is actually petrified dinosaur shit. <laughs> um, so that actually brings a lot of light yeah. to this whole conversation but anyway back to you i just wanted to throw well, that out there. i i have also had a brown stone in my pocket at a certain time in my life but <laughs> <laughs> that was because i couldn't control my bowels uh, anyway okay let's jump into the next month june 1830 this month satan also appears to smith as an angel of light and is exposed by the archangel michael and Smith dictates a revelation on the vis vision of Moses, Moses, I can talk, which describes a visionary deception by Satan anciently. So this, this is a pattern that we see, especially with Joseph Smith, where he verify or uh, validates, I should say, things that he's doing, saying, or teaching by creating an instance where that has happened in the past. To, to show a precedence for it. Okay, June 18th. Uh, Reverend... I didn't know about that, by the way. Oh, I'm really? Gonna, yeah, I hadn't. I knew about the revelation about appearing. Didn't that lead to him saying, this is how you tell if someone's an angel yes. or a, of the devil? Yeah. yeah. I knew that part, but I didn't know that he said he had been visited by Satan. Um, I, maybe I did, and I just forgot. Yeah, okay, anyway. Yes, yeah. it's interesting. Uh, okay, June 18th, Reverend Dietrich Willers of Fayette, New York, concerning the six Book of Mormon witnesses who had been his parishioners, Willers writes that the Whitmers even believe in witches. Hiram Page is likewise full of superstition. Hmm. Yeah. June 30th, same year, Smith is acquitted in two trials at Colesville, New York, for using a treasure-digging peepstone and performing an exorcism. I knew about the first part. I didn't know that he was on trial for performing an exorcism. <laughs> with the stone, yeah. yeah. I found that if you hit somebody hard enough with a stone, uh, yeah, the spirit will go out of them. Yeah, permanently. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to jump right over to 1831. June 3rd, the Melchizedek priesthood and office of high priest are conferred on previously ordained elders. Lyman White, the first ordained high priest, ordained Smith to that office. So how do you how do you get to be the first guy if you haven't been ordained yet? Circular logic. Yeah, I love it. Conundrum there. <laughs> That's uh, 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 what do they call it? The Immaculate Conception of Mary, right? right so this was right. the Immaculate Ordination of Lyman, right? 
very, very good example there, buddy. Uh, okay, July 17th, plural marriage is allowed. Now, keep keep track of these statements on plural marriage. Oh, plural marriage makes your head spin. Yeah. Plural marriage is allowed by a revelation which is never canonized or officially published. Huh. Mm-hmm. October. While on a mission in 1832, newly remarried McClellan, that's William E. McClellan, uh, came to the house of a certain harlot. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, man. And concluded to tarry many days. Wow. Uh She had some good porridge. You know, talk about sore. <laughs> Check this shit out now. So so that's well known. He he gets busted for which he is excommunicated in December mm. 1832 and rebaptized in 1833 and then became a member of the Quorum of 12 Apostles in 1835. Well, yeah. come on. Remember Paul, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, they hey you could even lead to the deaths of, of saints. And if God, you know, in his whim says, ah, you learned your lesson, buddy. Here, smack on the back. Oh, God, you in, know. in his whim, yeah. not his wisdom? Oh. Okay. Oh, I, I did I say whim? Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I, okay. Thanks. Back okay. to it. Okay, November, again, 1831, a revelation is received dealing with church finances. Uh, I guess we're going to laugh through this whole thing. <laughs> He who is appointed to administer spiritual thing, things, the same is worthy of his hire, which becomes the doctrinal basis for financial support to Smith and later authorities. Ah. Just, just have a revelation. That's, that's, uh-huh. all, that's all we need to do. Yeah. Okay, we're into 1832 already. Uh, Joseph... B. Brackenbury is the first Mormon to die on a proselyting mission and the first martyr. Okay, Mormons also make an unsuccessful effort to raise Brackenbury from the dead. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Rise, you bastard, rise. No. (laughs) Ah, damn it. If Joseph had only had that, what's the name of that uh, drug? That the the voodoo. Oh yeah, yeah, know, right. Doctors use. It, it, isn't it derived from the puffer fish and some other things? Uh-huh. Anyway, and and literally the people will look like they died, and their heart will slow to the point where it's pretty much imperceivable to you know the beat. Exactly. And then they come back. If you'd only had some of that, hey, you know, raising from the dead. Probably on his list, along with you know some new stair stones and some spectacles mm-hmm. and. And a, a and, divining rod and, you know, some other handy little... Oh, well, they things. called them divining rods back then. I thought, okay, so vibrators hadn't been invented yeah, yet. Okay, no. I got it. Okay, yeah. same year, March 8th. Smith chooses and ordains two counselors as authorized by a revelation, which would never be canonized or officially published. Okay. Huh. March 24th, due to rumors of inappropriate behavior with Nancy Uh-oh. Johnson, her brothers and their cohorts, cohorts, Tar and Feather, Smith and Rigdon, and nearly castrate Smith. Okay, now that's an important one because if you, so if you're studying LDS history as a TBM, 
you will definitely hear about the tarring and feathering of Joseph, yes. but it is not painted in that light. Not at is all. It? No. It's it's shown that he was simply persecuted for teaching, you know, the gospel and, and that, you know, kind of thing. Nothing to do with uh, Nancy these, Johnson. These kin of Nancy Johnson right. getting wind of his advances. Which, and, you know, that's yeah. what you would expect brothers to do or, and or a father. Hey, you motherfucker, yeah. what, what's going on over here? And you at least beat mm. the snot out of the guy or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a totally different light, isn't it? When you actually introduce the facts. I, I know that's the F word. Yeah. Um, I apologize. To, but Let's try to eliminate yeah. that, would you? Yeah. Okay. okay. March 24th, due to rumors of in it. Oh, no, I just read that. Sorry. May 9th, church members in various branches condemn the vision of three heavenly degrees as devilish because of its universalist rejection of heaven and hell. I never heard that. I never heard that. No, we're very familiar with section 76 of the doctrine and covenants. Uh, One of, one of the banners the church loves to wave as uh, you know, this is a true revelation. This, this is why we're, our God is so much more fair than your God and all this bullshit. Uh, Well, they didn't feel that way back then. At least some of them. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Okay, so June uh, 1832 again, the first church periodical, The Evening and the Morning Star, is published in Independence, Missouri. It's reprint, Evening and Morning Star, at Kirtland, Ohio, 1834-35, is an unannounced alteration and expansion primarily of revelations that appeared in the original periodical. And, and we're going to see this over and over again. Uh, things change, just change. They just pull shit out, put stuff in, alterations, expansions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Nope. Yeah. It, uh, hearkening back to is your God schizophrenic again, right? <laughs> that was a lot of that going on. Okay. Okay. July 20th. Uh, and this is, uh, we know about this to some degree smith writes for the first known time about his earliest vision of the lord not until three years later would he mention that his vision included two personages so that it's written in 1832 but not published Mm. in fact it's not published until 1842 it's written several times before the publish Yeah. Yeah. You know, about that first vision, Dave, I mean, if I was Joseph and I was was, you know, preaching to the world this this huge news. Right. Look, guys, uh, you know, God spoke to me, um, you know, all the all the other churches right now, they're they're trying, but they're well, they're not really trying. I'm being a little nice. (laughs) They're all blasphemers and and whatever. They're they're wrong. I have the new restored gospel. If if that was my story, right, and everything that goes along with it that we know about uh, the gospel that came after that, the teachings, I would probably hide the origin of the whole thing, the first vision. I would probably hide that and not tell anybody about that, you know, inaugural event uh, until many years later. That That's probably what I would do. Well, it's like uh, a good 
fucking story around a campfire, kind of make mm. it up as you go along, you know? Yeah, I guess so. And then if you've had a few beers, of course, the fish gets bigger and bigger. And anyway. Yeah, and you bring a, bring a few women around the campfire. And then, you know, you got the real story of Joseph going on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, go ahead. The end of that year, 1832, Smith uh, Smith's first polygamous marriage to Fanny Alger. Yes. There's the first one. Hey, but you know what? Slight interjection there. Does Quinn postulate, so evidently he calls it a marriage, there's there's evidence that I've heard from other historians that they actually weren't married. Hmm. Um, that Anyway, that, this, not that that... This is a very... Uh, he does not expand on that at all here. Yeah, he might... No, I'm sure weird. he does somewhere else. Okay, this is interesting. 1833, February 27th, the word of wisdom discourages the use of tobacco, wine, and strong drink, you know, mm -hmm. whis whiskey and such, but encourages the use of mild drinks made from barley, meaning beer. Beer. So yes. beer's okay, but throw out the whiskey. Um, yeah, yeah, liquor is not good, but but mild, mild alcohols, uh, beer is okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. So somehow that message got lost. Yeah, we lost the end of that revelation down down the line. It's still in the in the section. It still says mild drinks, mild barley, yeah, drinks. Something so anyway, like that, yeah, yeah. All right, barley's uh, mentioned. Uh, the end of that year, November fifteenth, Joshua Stafford, and later Willard Chase sign affidavits of personal acquaintance with Smith when he organized neighbors to search for buried treasure in early 1820 and these affidavits would be published in eber d howe's mormonism unveiled in 1834 that was the first so-called anti-mormon publication mm -hmm. eber d howe's mormonism unveiled all right we got to keep cranking along here 1834 a non-mormon in ohio writes that smith has four or five armed men to guard him every night Huh. Yeah, you know, because as the prophet of God, angels were a little busy. Um, and so they was were God. Off. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah was God was God busy. Himself. Angels were busy. He's like, hey, Joseph, you're going to have to rely on the arm of the flesh. Why don't you put together some, some bodyguards down there? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. May 3rd. 1834 at Kirtland, the first presidency obtains the sustaining vote of a conference to change the name of the church to the Church of the Latter Day Saints, and we'll, ah. we'll, we'll get another update on that later. But Nelson would would be upset with that. He, he, he would probably say that that is offensive to Jesus to take Jesus Christ's name out of the church. Yeah. Great victory for Satan there. Great victory for Satan. Yeah. Okay. December 6th, uh, Joseph Smith Sr. and son Hiram are the first Freemasons to become general authorities. Huh. I, not much to say there. I mean, we could actually spend hours on all of that. Well, the con yeah, the connection of Freemasonry and what would eventually become the temple ceremony. Yeah, that's... Anyway. 
And there's another source for that, which I had heard about, and we got to get to that quote. I don't know if you've heard of the Illusion Mysteries that go way back. Mm, uh, I've, I've studied yeah. all those kinds of things. I did not know the details of what they contained. So that'll be fun when we get to that quote. Yeah. All right. 1835, February 14th, Smith tells a meeting of Zion's camp veterans and others about the coming of the Lord, which was nigh. Even 56 years would wind up the scene. That would have been in 1891. Uh, I guess I guess Jesus didn't get that memo. No, no. Uh, look, computers hadn't been invented. Um, and so, you know, Joseph would have even cell self signals went around right so joseph could have texted him he could have emailed him uh so he ended up having to send a pigeon uh and the pigeon froze to death when it got high enough in the altitude okay to try to get to jesus it's a long story but yeah jesus didn't get the memo is, is the result I heard the story of Sidney Rigdon shot the pigeon, and that's why Smith was so p- pissed at him oh, for a while. Oh, right, because he, cause he was after his wife. Yeah, exactly. that's right. Uh, right, okay. Okay, another big chunk of history here. July 3rd, Michael H. Chandler exhibits then sells Egyptian mummies and papyrus scrolls mm-hmm. to Smith, who yes. begins to translate them using his white seer stone. I Ah. Did not know about the white seer stone. I didn't either. Yeah. yeah. So that's, 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 I mean, I knew he had one. He had like three or four, right? But yeah, I didn't did. know that he well, used the white one for that purpose. For yeah. that purpose. Right. Uh, right. I guess reformed Egyptian and ancient Egyptian, or you need a different stone, you know? You do. Yeah. In fact, you need to be stoned in a different way <laughs> uh, for each revelation. You should yeah. be stoned. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> August 17th, a special conference accepts the Doctrine and Covenants, which contains unannounced changes and expansions of revelations previously published in the Evening and Morning Star, the Book of Commandments, both of those. So, see, mm. there, there was no Doctrine and Covenants, obviously. It was the Book of Commandments, and, right. and revelations were just published in the newspaper. The yeah, that's right. So, yeah, yeah. This canonized work includes a statement on marriage, which prohibits polygamy. So yes. There's, there's our first schizophrenic fucking outburst right there. <laughs> <laughs> so How we, about polygamy. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. And it keeps going. Yes, October it does. 7th. Smith, <laughs> Smith uses his white. Oh, he really likes that white one. His yeah. white seer stone to give blessings to Newell K. and Elizabeth A. Whitney's. By the way, the Whitney's have a steer, a, a seer stone <laughs> of their own shortly afterwards. That thing's pretty cool. I got to get me one of them. Yeah, look for a cool looking rock, won't you? And then we'll polish that baby up and uh, yeah, we'll have our own. Yep. Why not? I mean, Hyrule they Gates- noticed that. Well, they noticed that they, you know, Joseph had a hole in his and he would sprinkle stuff in that hole and then he would put a, a match underneath the rock. There was something going on. Yeah. With uh, some substance. But anyway, what were you saying? Uh, Hiram Page. Uh, there's an actual revelation in the DNC 
denouncing Hiram Page receiving revelations in which he also used a, a seer stone. He didn't have the right, I mean, the right stone. He didn't he, have the right stone. Yeah. Okay. Now, th- this is important to keep in mind for future statements. 1836, March 3rd, Smith authorizes the ordination of African-American Elijah Abel to the office of elder. Okay. Yep. Yep. And apologists often mention that because they say, see, Joseph himself wasn't against black people. Okay. And so then April 3rd, (laughs) just a month later. Oh my God. Let me make sure I got, is it Cowdery? Yeah. Cowdery, Oliver Cowdery says in a meeting, must we open our houses, unfold our arms and bid these degraded and degrading sons of Canaan, a hearty welcome and a free admittance to all we possess? And how low indeed must be the mind that would consent for a moment to see his fair daughter, his sister, or perhaps his bosom companion in the embrace of a Negro? (laughs) Yeah, Joseph. How could you allow that guy to have the priesthood? Oh my man, that, a month later, after yeah. he, I wonder what he thought about that, Elijah. Oh boy, well, he was, uh, yeah, he was, yeah, never mind. He was, he, look, he was banging Oliver's sister, probably, in the, and so that's why that's Oliver right. stood yeah. up and said that, yeah. I think yeah. that might, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, this is another kind of big event, uh, November 2nd, 1836, the Kirtland Safety Banking Society is organized it would fail in six months under the name of kirtland safety anti-banking society uh, schizophrenia again i guess what yeah <laughs> yeah yeah anti-banking wow <laughs> wow yeah we're not like you guys we're the anti-bank <laughs> we're not gonna store your money we're just gonna steal your gonna money steal your you want to want to anti-bank with us Oh my God! Yeah, there's some more in here. It's just pretty, Uh. pretty ridiculous. Okay, June 1837. Now, the Latter Day Saints messenger and advocate comments comments about the Eleusian mysteries. And look that up. It's spelled E L E U S I N I A N. Eleusian mysteries, uh, which the American edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica and other sources in 1830. God, I keep stuttering. 1837, described as being revealed by God from the beginning of the world. And that's Mm. also what I had read, that they they go as far back as they they keep finding stuff. Okay. Yeah, so I mean for listeners, uh the very quick snippet that you see when you when you Google that term, Eleusinian, Eleusinian mysteries. Yeah. Uh, it Eleusinian. says the Eleusinian mysteries were initiations held every year for the cult of D- Demeter and Persephone mm-hmm. based at Eleus- Ele- Okay, hold on a second. It's the, it's Eleu- the Eleusis, Eleusis mm-hmm. in ancient Greece. Yeah, it's Greek. Right. They are the most famous of the secret religious rites of ancient Greece. Okay. okay so that's so, what they are. So again, Encyclopedia Britannica and other sources in 1837 describe as being revealed by God from the beginning of the world and passed on to worthy initiates through washings and anointings, 
a new name, a garment, vows of non-disclosure, lesser and greater rituals, presentation through drama, an oath of chastity, designation as prophets, priests, and kings, emphasis on attaining godhood, and a heavenly ascent past various guards to whom departed spirits must give magical passwords. Mm. So where? Wow, that's enlightening. Yeah. Where did the temple endowment come from besides masonry? A combination of that and masonry. Okay, I didn't know about that part. I didn't yeah. either. I and yeah. I read basically what you just read. That kind of uh, information because mm-hmm. I've studied these things for years it's just it's been interesting to me like what what do people believe and why do they believe it and you know is there anything here that has any real value and so forth so i was aware of them but i i had no idea that's like sounds almost word for word the temple ceremony going on there wow okay Hmm. uh june 5th let's see at a at a trial for conspiracy to commit murder of Grandison Newell, um, Smith seemed much excited. So he was he was on trial, Smith. Seemed much excited and declared that Newell should be put out of the way or where the crows could not find him. He said, Smith said, destroying Newell would be justifiable in the sight of God. Hmm. It's okay. Murder is okay. Yeah, look what Nephi did, you know. I mean, That's it's okay. The, as long as as long again, as you're hearing voices telling you to do it, it's okay. Again, when you've got certain behaviors and mm-hmm. you need to justify them or validate them, just write a book in which those are also part of the the text and and of God. And now you've got hey, yeah, see? It's always been like that. Hmm. <laughs> Thou shalt not yeah. kill. No, that was a mistranslation. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that's that's it. right. It was okay. Uh, uh, I feel like uh, Elmer <laughs> fought over here today. <laughs> oh no, that was uh, um, no, that was uh, the pig. What's his name? Oh, Porky uh, Pig. Porky Pig. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, never mind. October twenty second. <laughs> 22 Mormons were disfellowshipped at church headquarters in Kirtland for uniting with the world, non-Mormons, in a dance. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. Yeah, 22. Kirtland, you know, all hell broke loose in Kirtland. Yeah, they started dancing. I mean, yeah, come on. It, it, That's, the, wow. Uh, That's pretty bad. This concludes part one of Cherry Picking Includes the Pits. Tune in next week for part two. Thanks, everybody.